everyone in that area that could have possibly have done it, including police officers, need to be looked into. Welcome back to the Shake Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Van Shake. No co-host. Still looking for one of those. All right. So as we said in our last podcast, we're really thinking that the Moscow Police Force in Moscow, Idaho, where those four University of Idaho students were sadly murdered, the police are either going to be really close to catching the guy or they have no clue at all. The reason why is because they're not giving any information, no suspects that they're telling the public of. Uh, Everyone apparently is cleared. No persons of interest at all. Nothing. They have no idea what exactly happened. Apparently. Recently, we put out a video on my main channel after we discussed this on my last podcast that the Moscow PD has to issue a reward, a cash reward to get the best tips possible. Said that. And I don't think the Moscow police are actually getting the best tips of specifically people who know the unsub. The unsub is not likely just someone who's, you know, a complete loner and no one's ever really heard of him. And, and he's just, he's living in the underground and he came up to commit these heinous crimes. Likely not. He's likely someone people know. And if people know him, then we have to be able to get out the best tips possible where people are looking at people they know and possibly turning in people they know that are acting suspicious. And that could be the unsub in this type of case. And if you saw that video and if you saw the comments, some of you wrote in the comments or at least maybe were involved in some of those comments that, well, you know, it seems like the Moscow police and, you know, the FBI, they know who he is. They're just trying to get all their ducks in a row and they're going to get him any day now. They know who he is. As these days are passing and as the days are going where there's no arrest made, there's no information coming out, the case seems to be going quite cold. Yes, it does appear that they don't actually know. And I think a lot of where that's coming from is that some of you suspected the hoodie guy, the guy who was behind Madison and Kaylee when they were ordering food at the food truck. For the general public, he was probably the most likely suspect in this case. Makes sense because it's like, oh, okay, well, he's acting kind of weird. He was behind them. He was the last person to see them. All right, you know, it has to be him. I mean, who else could it be? And that's the problem because Mr. Hoodie Guy was ruled out by the police. The police ruled him out. I don't know what they know. I don't know why they ruled him out, but they ruled him out. Furthermore, recently we got footage specifically from not the police, but it was leaked to the media, and I think it was by one of the parents of the children, and it was of Madison and Kaylee walking down the street with the hoodie guy. So they apparently were kind of friendly with Mr. Hoodie Guy, not saying he couldn't have done it, but they were kind of chummy with him and kind of talking about... Uh, some guy at the bar named Adam that apparently they liked and were curious if he said anything. And apparently Mr. Hoodie Guy said, oh, I told him everything. I don't know what that meant. But what that video footage shows is that, yeah, well, maybe Madison and Kaylee were actually kind of friendly with Hoodie Guy. Again, again, because theoretically, you know, you could still do it. But I guess combined with 
him being ruled out supposedly by Moscow police. He's not the total creeper that he initially seemed, I suppose, when you just see the food truck video surveillance footage. Now, if he's ruled out, I think a lot of people start going back to, uh-oh, <laughs> uh-oh. However, the good news is, is that even though the Moscow police and the FBI and law enforcement don't know specifically who did this, apparently, they do appear to be on the trail of somebody who is likely a person of interest. The reason why I'm saying this is because there's now reports that they are, they being law enforcement, is investigating miles away from the campus, from the crime scene, indicating that there's some evidence out there. Great, you know, that's that's progress, that they're able to say, hey, you know, maybe this is the car that drove by here, and maybe the car stopped here, and maybe there's some evidence along the way from where the unsub took off. The white Hyundai Elantra is being looked at with surveillance footage and being spotted kind of along the way and could be suspected that it's going or had gone in a direction and they're trying to zero in on where that Hyundai Elantra went. That's the good news. However, the bad news is, is that the Moscow police apparently forgot to tell all the people in town to save their video camera footage. So what's happening is that since it's been five weeks, all of the video camera footage from everyone in town is all gone. It's likely all taped over, all reset, and long gone, and they don't have it anymore. Where they should have, of course ask for the video camera footage or at least tell people to save it to hold on to it because they will get it at some point that's the inexperience in this type of thing and yeah moscow police haven't been involved in a murder investigation in almost eight years and that's one of the things that you're gonna notice with someone who's very inexperienced is forgetting to look that far ahead instead of thinking oh my goodness the actual camera footage is going to be reset. It's going to be recorded over. We got to make sure that we at least tell the public to save that footage, even if it doesn't show anything, even if they looked at it and said, oh, I don't see any cars going by or any people going by. That's just as important as seeing a car go by. The reason why, of course, is because you want to know if the car went by that house or where the car went from what point. But these are the types of things that get missed when you have a very inexperienced police force. I think you can also say these are the types of things that get missed when you don't talk to the media and you don't have press conferences like they're just not doing. They're not having press conferences. They're just occasionally putting out a video on YouTube and being like, hey, yeah, we're kind of doing our best. We're looking at some things. That's it. Like really not answering tough questions from the media. And what also happens is that the media is going to subtly give hints and tips to law enforcement of how to investigate, such as a reporter raising her hand during a press conference and asking the police chief, hey, did you by chance ask all of the people around Moscow and all of the citizens and all of the video camera footage that all of these citizens of the entire town have to save all of that recorded footage and don't record over it? 
to save any and all of it because it could be important to the investigation? Did you ask the town to do that? Even if it's out of embarrassment, the police chief says, yeah, 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 we're handling all that. We're handling it. Then after the press conference, the police chief says to his deputies, hey, oh my gosh, we forgot about that. Tell all the people in town to save all their video camera footage. Tell them all to save it all. Even if it's just one of those things. The camera footage was saved because they were given new ideas to actually have the idea to save all that footage. But those press conferences never happened, of course, because they don't want to have press conferences because it'll probably hurt their feelings to get those tough questions because they're just doing the best they can. They're trying really hard. It's just sad because if they were talking to the media and they were more involved and hearing different perspectives, maybe from the online community and from others, they would probably have a lot better chance of solving this case. If they didn't have so much of what appears to be pride, they wouldn't be making so many of these apparent mistakes in the investigation. And here's the thing with that Hyundai Elantra. It's a very good possibility that that person that was in the car is connected to or is in fact the unsub of this case. It's very possible. You may be saying, well, why do you think that? There's really two reasons. The first reason is that the person driving that car does not appear to be extremely local, meaning part of the university community or at least visits the university very often. You may be saying, well, why do you think that? Well, they would have been able to spot the person by now. They would have been able to say, oh, okay, well, who do we have registered as students with that type of car? And you would be able to find it very, very, very quickly. So it's probably not someone connected to the university, whether it's a faculty member, employee, student that has that car. So it's not someone very close or maybe even a parent that has the car. With that said, it's probably someone a little farther removed from the university. Then it makes you think, why would someone like that be visiting the university that specific night, right? Is it possible that, say, someone from Montana was visiting someone else in the university that night with that car and that car was spotted and someone pointed that car out and remembered, oh, I remember seeing that car or having video footage of that car during the exact same time of the crimes? Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. But, um... It's more unlikely, even if it was something like that, where it's just a coincidence that someone from Montana was visiting someone else in the university that night and it was just a strange car and it's just a coincidence. Then you would expect that person to come forward. You would expect it, right? If you're innocent, you would expect to come forward and be like, hey, hey that was my car. I was just driving through because I was meeting Sally at her house. We're able to interview Sally and then additionally with additional footage and maybe even cell tower pings, you're able to confirm that it wasn't that person driving that car as the unsub. However, that's not happening, right? The person isn't coming forward. Not coming forward at all indicates that the person in that car provided that lead is credible, the person in that car is likely the unsub or is very, very closely connected to the unsub, meaning it could be like a getaway driver or something like that. We have to give credit where credit's due that they're onto something it seems like. But here's the problem, and I didn't realize it was this numerous. Apparently, there are 22,000 
white Hyundai Elantras in the United States. <laughs> so that's quite a few, don't you think? There's just a lot of those cars and they didn't ask for the video footage or ask everyone to preserve the video camera footage throughout that entire town and surrounding area. They didn't ask for it. They didn't do that. So a little more difficult to track the car. Typically, if you have all the footage throughout the town, you're able to piece everything together of which streets he drove on and which streets he didn't to track the car to a general area. However, as we pointed out, the geniuses at the Moscow Police Department forgot to ask all the citizens to preserve all their surveillance footage. So that becomes a lot more difficult. However, as we pointed out in prior podcasts, it should not be that difficult for police to identify all of the white Hyundai Elantras in that general area. Even in the state, it's not a very populous state at all. It's very rural. Who has a white Hyundai Elantra and who has a criminal record? Who has a white Hyundai Elantra and who is connected to a criminal? Who has a white Hyundai Elantra and was former military and former law enforcement? It's not that hard to figure that out. And the reason why we bring it up that the unsub is possibly former military and possibly former law enforcement is because the unsub left very few clues at the crime scene. Very few. And this type of crime to actually use a longer blade knife and do it successfully with very few clues or anything like that indicates that the unsub probably has some kind of training with knives. And this was probably not his first rodeo doing something like that. As much as some people want to have the presumption that anyone could have done this because all it takes is a little slash on four people and there you go, there you go. No, that's not as simple as what it is, of course, as you may know, because it takes a lot of nerve, a lot of courage in a really bad, evil way to do those crimes. A very bad person who has a lot of experience in similar situations as that. That's the type of person who would do that type of crime. And to do it and to get away with it, even for as long as he has gotten away with it, and to leave so few clues, the person is probably, probably experienced at this. This type of crime is not a first-timer's crime. It's not someone who's like, I just never did anything before I decided to do this big thing. Yeah, right. That's not what happens. The person is clearly quite experienced at this. And I've mentioned in prior videos and podcasts that it's quite possible that the unsub is a hitman. If it's not a hitman, it's probably someone along the lines of a stalker or serial killer-esque, you know, someone who's done these types of crimes more often. And even though the police department's looking into, oh, Kaylee having a stalker or not a stalker, and they basically came to the conclusion that, oh, we don't really think it was a stalker because that one stalker incident, the guy was just following her because he wanted her number and that kind of thing. <sighs> Here's the problem with that. How do you confirm how many stalkers Kaylee had? How do you do that? It's nearly impossible to actually confirm that. If someone's just lurking behind her, you know, or she feels that someone's watching her, how does the police confirm or deny that? You can't. So I guess what I'm saying is that this sure seems to be someone who's been stalking her, she seems to have been targeted quite significantly. And 
it does appear to be someone who has some experience in these types of crimes at least. This does not appear to be this unsub's first rodeo at all. And we'll see what happens with Mr. Hoodie Guy, right? But here's the problem that I think police really need to tackle. And specifically, it is telling the public generally how they are ruling these people out. So if you ruled out Mr. Hoodie Guy, you have to tell people how you ruled them out. Otherwise, people are going to think, hey, maybe he had something to do with this. So I would say to the police, give some general idea to the public what's going on of how you're ruling people out so you can focus the public on what really matters. So people don't naturally start thinking like, ah, they just rule people out because they don't even know what they're doing. Well, maybe they do know what they're doing. And if you do know what you're doing, tell people generally how you're ruling people out. How are you doing this? Did you see video footage? Did five people corroborate his story and were able to confirm that he was where he said he was at you know 4 a.m.? Come on. And then as some of you know, the body camera footage of a police officer giving tickets to college students for underage drinking just a few hundred feet away from where the crimes were taking place that very moment was released. And if you didn't see that footage, it's on my second channel. But in that footage, you know, it's just really sad to see. It's really, really sad because what you're seeing is basically a police officer standing a few hundred feet away from where the crime was taking place and the video footage of that moment of him just giving underage drinking tickets to to some of these college kids while someone was committing the crime of the century so to speak 100 feet away from where he stood is that a complete coincidence or maybe those people that were drinking and were causing a disturbance, maybe they were somehow involved or saw something. I mean, there's so many questions that could be answered by just talking to people. And, you know, with this police department, it's kind of hard to really um, have a lot of confidence in their ability to ask the right questions and question appropriately to get the necessary answers that could be out there and i think a lot of you are feeling that as well here's another thing to think about i hope those police officers are cleared too and actually cleared and not just oh he's a police officer he couldn't have done it no everyone in that area that could have possibly have done it including police officers need to be looked into you know i think especially in a crime like this that they need to specifically look into police officers because it appears to be someone who seems to know what he's doing. It does not appear to be a novice at all. And many times police officers not only have law enforcement training, but also many times we're in the military too. I'm not saying anyone necessarily did anything, but I'm just saying that I hope everyone is being looked at and cleared appropriately, including even the police officers, specifically the police officers that were known to be around that area as well. Very important. I think no one should be overlooked at all. We'll keep you updated on this. Unfortunately, this case is starting to feel cold. It may not be cold, but I'm getting worried and I'm concerned that it is cold and it's becoming colder and colder by the day as they probably don't get credible leads 
and not the leads that they would probably want and tips that they really need, such as the ones they would probably get if they offered a cash reward. I understand it's a small town and they have limited dollars and resources like that. However, they're paying a lot of people to investigate this case. The quicker they can solve this case, the faster they can stop paying a lot of people to look for somebody. They're effectively paying either way. I say make the investment now to offer a reward to get this case solved before there's another case, unfortunately or sadly, that would happen because he didn't catch the guy and he committed another crime. If you're not already subscribed to the Shake Podcast, give it a subscribe because we don't want to miss out on new Shake Podcasts on these current event topics in conversational detail. We are everywhere you get your podcasts, including Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon. You can watch the show on YouTube everywhere you get your podcasts. That's where you can get the podcast shaked. See you at the top.